everyone, and welcome to Empowering Homeschool Conversations. My name is Peggy Ployer, and I am the host of this weekly broadcast put on by Sped Homeschool as well as its founder and CEO. We at Sped Homeschool empower families to home educate children with learning challenges, and I encourage you to check out our website at spedhomeschool.com to learn more about the resources and support that we offer families. Well, this month is my favorite month of the year for our broadcast because what we call July is Sped Homeschool Awareness Month. So we share community stories with you, um, just of parents who have been or are in the trenches and lessons they have learned that they can share with you. And I have a 28-year homeschool veteran here today. I am super, super excited for you to hear all that she has to share. And I told her, I said, I got to keep the the questions limited because I think we could talk till midnight and you would still be learning something new. <laughs> um, but Sherry, thank you so much for joining us and just your willingness to share your story and the curveballs that God has allowed to come into your life through your homeschooling season. Yes. Well, I'm really glad to be here and I'm Super glad that we've become friends instead of just yes. buddies. We yeah. actually are in-person friends now. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. Sherry invited me. It was what a couple months ago. I think yeah. we we got to meet in person, and um, we just had an instant bond, um, which which is is great. You know, other homeschooling moms, they get you. They've been through the same struggles as you have been, and it's just it develops that those those deep ties and um and sherry has already become a dear friend in just a very short period of time so i'm i'm so glad that god crossed our paths <laughs> um yeah so i would just um well i see we are already getting comments creative um minds homeschooling says hi um welcome to the broadcast um and if you are watching um and i see we have viewers popping on everywhere just know that you can comment in the feed if you're watching on facebook or um our facebook page that is or youtube if you're watching in the facebook support group just know that you have to give permission to Streamyard to to post your comments because that is a private group um but we would love to know where you're from any questions that you have we'd love to be able to discuss those as well as the things that we have um on our sheets um but um but yeah let's um let's kick things off and and get started and then we'll we'll just um see where the conversation goes but um sherry i would love for you to start out by just telling us a little bit about your family and how your homeschooling journey began sure i'd love to share that um first of all um, hopefully people won't pass out when i say i have 11 kids <laughs> I, um, when I married my husband, um, I inherited my stepson and mm. then, uh, we went on to have five children by the old fashioned birthway. Yes. And then later in time, we adopted five children. Um, two of my 11 children are deceased and waiting for me in heaven. And I'll be mm. glad to see them then. But, um, we started homeschooling when we lived in um, a nice little neighborhood in Denver called Montclair. My <laughs> son was um, in second grade there and he came home from school one day and said, I hate school. I'm never going back. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> what happened? You know, and he, you know, was, he's the strong silent type. So he was not going to share anything. Okay. Yeah. And so, um, 
after a few weeks, uh, we finally, I finally went and met with the principal who's a friend of mine. And she said, mm. well, he is, we think he probably kind of had a nervous breakdown because there was this embarrassing thing that happened in class. So mm. they tested him and he was both gifted, but he also was learning delayed. Mm. And so she said, there's this new thing called homeschooling. This was in the mid 1990s. Okay. Called homeschooling that we think that your family would really enjoy and it'd be super good for him. And you could just homeschool him um, for the rest of the year and then, you know, he can enter back into school. Huh. Well, we mm -hmm. loved it so much and he thrived. And the next son who was going to start kindergarten that year, we thought, well, he'd be in the principal's office every day. <laughs> Because he was this curious kid, you know, mm. and anyway, so we started homeschooling and um, we just never looked back. And wow. so um, after living in Colorado for 45 years and um, becoming a widow nine years ago, I mm. still finished, I just finished graduating my youngest uh, child from homeschool. Yeah. And so I now live in the um, Fort Myers, Florida area, and I just really enjoy it. And uh, yeah. I have the freedom to travel and do different things, especially to visit my three grandchildren. Mm -hmm. And I, I hope to, I'll have more. Um, <laughs> yes. Yeah. And so we, I love homeschooling. I wish I told my parents, I wish they had homeschooled me if they'd known about it. Mm. In the so it's a, it's a great thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, thank you also for giving us hope that there is an end. <laughs> I think oftentimes we think about this, I'm going to be doing this the rest of my life. And with 11 kids, you did it for a long time and there was still an end. So <laughs> the hope is there. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, well, speaking of Colorado, um, Rob Harris um, from Grand Junction said hi. He's watching the show Great. on Facebook. Great. So, yeah. Well, that is, that's awesome. I thank you for um, that introduction. And, and yeah, it's, it's a long journey. So there's, there's a lot to share. But um, so what type of training did you have when you started homeschooling? And how did you navigate teaching things that you at first had no idea? How am I going to teach this? Right. And I think that's a big thing that parents are like, well, I have no training. I, I'm not a teacher. Mm -hmm. I don't know how to do this. And uh, there's mm -hmm. no way I can do it. Well, I was just one of those parents too. You know, I had a decent public school education and a college degree. And, mm -hmm. but yet I, you know, I didn't know how to actually sit down and teach my kids. So right. I think in reflecting really the best training was that I had wonderful parents. They're actually still alive. And they gave wow. me an idyllic childhood at, that included a lot of enrichment activities, art hmm. and music. And we had political discussions around the dinner table. Mm -hmm. and they showed me that learning was more than just a textbook. Yeah. And they still are avid readers. I mean, they mm. both like a book a week. And so <laughs> my training was really just growing up in a family that loved learning. Right. And I married a man who grew up in a similar family. And so mm. he loved learning. And um, we decided when we started homeschooling that, um, you know, the Internet was just kind of coming around, but you didn't have it like. On oh, your yeah. Mm -mm. No. It was in a big box on your desk. <laughs> right. Exactly. The dial up thing. But um, mm -hmm. 
So I went to the tattered cover bookstore in downtown, um, well, Cherry Creek area of Denver, and mm -hmm. they actually had a shelf um, about homeschooling. And I hmm. read, uh, bought a couple of the books about, um, you know, what the idea of homeschooling is and mm -hmm. why institutional school isn't the best for a lot of kids. Mm -hmm. And so I just started reading and then we just jumped in. And right. so, um, you know, I got some used curriculum and I don't know where I got it from because I didn't know anybody that was homeschooling, but <laughs> I think I also just went to Costco and bought some workbooks, you know, <laughs> so we just started and yep. thankfully our biological children were just curious kids who love to learn and mm none of them were early readers. So hmm. I really had to learn how to teach reading. Yeah. And so I did a lot of research in books, but also as the internet came on and you could start mm -hmm. researching. And I thought, you know, I'm just gonna teach my kids the way I like to learn. And that's oh, hands yeah. on mm -hmm. and reading aloud. And so mm -hmm. that got us through really a couple of years. And mm -hmm. then um, my son who had was gifted, but also had learning delays. Yeah. He was having some struggles. And so I would ask people that maybe um, had some credentials or, mm. you know, they knew about teaching kids with learning disabilities. Right. And so it was just a lot of research and, but mm -hmm. also observing my kids. I think that's the number one way you learn to teach them is yeah. by observing them. What do they like? What are they good mm. at? What are their weaknesses? And yeah. then you try to fill in the gaps and because yeah. you want them to enjoy learning. You don't mm -hmm. want it to be horrible. Right. And exactly. So what's the fun stuff? You know, well, my, my oldest kids were boys, so they always wanted the science books and, you know, right. the mm -hmm. to dissect frogs. And, you know. <laughs> but, so we just started. And mm -hmm. then um, I got involved with Christian Home Educators of Colorado, and I actually work for them now. Yeah. But, um, I volunteered in their office. A friend asked me to come help volunteer, so I did that. And so then I connected with some other homeschoolers and I found out they mm -hmm. had a conference. And so I started going to the conference and I really, I mean, podcasts are wonderful. We learn so much from mm -hmm. them, but to actually go to a conference, I think is super important because you yeah. get to the, you learn about what homeschooling is the heart mm -hmm. of homeschooling mm -hmm. is loving your child and helping them achieve whatever God wants them to accomplish. Right, exactly. And yeah. go, you don't really hear that anywhere else in the world. You don't. <laughs> you don't. It's so true. On TV. So um, I started going to conferences and I loved attending those and learning from people who mm. were homeschooling, but also who were gifted teachers. And so um, that's how I learned to teach things I had no idea how to teach. And right. uh, Interestingly enough, my husband took a job as a part-time college professor at the Art hmm. Institute of Colorado in Denver. And um, the architecture profession kind of hit a lull when the oil industry busted in the late 1950s. Mm. And so he had to learn how to teach. And so he <laughs> would share what he learned with me and together we kind of just oh. went through it. Yeah. 
But what we saw is that our kids were thriving and my mm. child that had the learning delays and then the next son who was curious about everything, but would always get into trouble. Right. They just spent their whole day learning, whether mm. it was we were reading to them or working on a math problem or they're helping us cook or fixing right. a car. They were learning and like way mm. more than the required four hours a day. <laughs> right. <laughs> So we just kind of did what felt natural to us. And when I mm. um, teach young homeschool parents, I say, what feels natural to you? Especially if That's you have biological children, mm -hmm. they'll probably be similar. Mm -hmm. um, and then when you adopt kids, that's a whole new ball game you got to learn about. So. Right. Yes, that's so true. I, you know, I love what you said. It's just start. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> know your child. Learn as you need to learn and and then just be learning all the time i i love all of those those things i think oftentimes we feel like we have to have all of our ducks in a row before we can even start um and we never will but um just starting that that leap um and giving parents the confidence that it, it will all come together and and that community that you were talking about is so very important because you, you do, you grasp the bigger picture of homeschooling instead of, well, we're just making it through this year um, and seeing how it goes. But just grasping that homeschooling is more than just teaching school at home. It is discipleship. It's family. It's a family way of life. And if you can get into that community by attending a homeschool conference, you will you'll catch that that vision in a much more profound way than just trying to do it um, and on your own, like you said, on podcasts and other things. Um, right. But yeah, it is so important. And so, and that's why we're doing family retreats for our families too, because a lot of times homeschool conferences don't work. We, we need extra help. And, okay. and so, so yes, that that's an alternative way to, to get some homeschool community in there. <laughs> Um, so as you homeschooled more students and added your adopted children, so we, you kind of ended on that, how did you navigate teaching towards the specific learning needs of each of your children as you were adding to your, your gang <laughs> and family? Right. Well, again, we just sort of jumped in. Yeah. And, uh, I think it was so helpful that I had a like-minded husband and I know not mm -hmm. everybody has a spouse or a like-minded spouse, but that mm -hmm. was very helpful to us. And so we just jumped in and started doing things. And when we, um, we adopted two sets of siblings through child mm -hmm. welfare. Mm -hmm. So a brother and sister came to us at the age of five and seven. And then mm -hmm. later on, we adopted a one, two and three year old. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> now, you know, diapers. Wow. But, um, again, our observation skills really cooked in. And mm -hmm. of course, some of them had some really frustrating behaviors that we had to work on a lot. Right. In addition to just the basics of school. Um, several of them were in speech therapy or occupational therapy. Mm -hmm. And so we would learn from those professionals what yeah. was going to help them. And we said, you know, we're homeschoolers, so we're happy to do therapy at home. What mm, should mm -hmm. we do? Yeah, and great our, question. 
Yeah, our speech therapist was especially great. She said, you know, there is nothing better for kids who have speech delays than to be around a bunch of older kids and parents talking to them and using mm. a higher level of vocabulary. So just work oh, on it. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, so my son, who's now 19, when he was two, he started speech therapy and he could not talk at all. I mean, mm. nothing would come out. He, he was in speech therapy for five years. Wow. And now we cannot get him to shut up. So, <laughs> <laughs> it worked. Yes. So I think to learn from experts, and of course, sometimes experts is just in theory and not practice. So you really want to learn from people who have gone beyond theory and who Mm -hmm. are actually practicing. Great point. And one of the great resources that I just loved was Dr. Karen Purvis's Empowered to Connect. And Mm. um, that's a great website if you have children that are coming from a stressful, traumatized background, um, mm. and because it really addresses how to gain their trust, so that then they will learn and behave ah. those kinds mm. of things. And you know, it wasn't easy, and it wasn't uh, foolproof. Um, and my one daughter, it took until twelfth grade for her to actually have her brain calm down enough that she could receive the information to master her math facts. So she finally Mm. learned multiplication and division as a 12th grader, but then Mm. she could learn how to write checks and other things. So everybody has their Mm -hmm. different level and you've got to see the person, uh, who they are and not just force a box onto them. Mm. And I think kids that have learning labels, whether they're biological or adopted or foster children, or maybe they're your neighbor's kid that for some reason you're raising. <laughs> exactly. Um, you've got to see them holistically. And mm. um, when are they having their meltdowns? What mm. are the struggles for them? And then get help that you need. Like um, right. if a child is having vision problems, then take them to get fitted for the correct glasses. Maybe mm-hmm. that's the reading delay. Maybe yeah. they have tracking issues. Find mm-hmm. out how to help with that. And so it's important to not only learn for yourself about these right. things, but to learn from people who you trust, who are who know more than you do. I mean, I think yeah. it's really important that you know you can delegate some of the homeschool yes, stuff. Yes. And one of the greatest uh, assets to our homeschool is that we had our kids take piano lessons from a super beloved, trusted, wonderful, mm-hmm. who was also a homeschool mom herself. Mm-hmm. And I told her one time, it didn't matter what she taught. I would just bring my kids to her house every day for a half an hour, or every week for a half an hour. Because mm-hmm. my kids trusted her and they relaxed and they learned Hmm. so much from her just talking to her but also piano of course right yeah she would ask them about their day and Hmm. as we lived through our curveball seasons which we had a lot yeah um, she was a caring person that Hmm. they trusted and her husband was too when he retired then he would talk to them when they went for their right and so I think it's real important that you, I, I do not believe, I think it's a leftist ideology to say it takes a village to raise a kid. 
Mm -hmm. But I think it takes community circles of trustworthy, older, wiser, been there, know Mm. that, Mm -hmm. to to work with them and to allow them to love your children as long as you feel like they're a safe and trustworthy person. Right. Yeah. It's really building that, that network community for your family with people that, that click and get it just, you know, on the same level as you do. And we found the same thing, you know, it was families that understood, you know, if a meltdown happened, that was a meltdown. It wasn't behavior that was just bad behavior. Um, But we were all on the same level. We were all, you know, uh, had the same agenda. And when you, those are the people who, um, when you have your days, when you're, <laughs> you're questioning, am I doing the right thing? And, you know, and what about this child? You know, <laughs> am I doing them a disservice? Uh, you know, we, we ask ourselves all these questions and those people then can surround us. They, they have eyes and ears into our homeschooling life. And I love that you point that out. And that has, was a great resource for you. Cause, um, yeah, a lot of people don't have it, and um, it, it's really hard to continue um, yes. homeschooling when you don't have that support. So that's awesome. Um, Natalie's watching on Facebook, and she said, hello, ladies. Hi, hey, Natalie. <laughs> the other thing, um, I think it's important, um, and we've mentioned it in passing a couple times, if you can find a local or even if it's worth a half hour drive or whatever you can handle for your schedule, a homeschool support group that's like a co-op base where you know mm-hmm. people are volunteering, teaching different things, and the kids get together and they can play and whatever. Right. Um, I think that that's a great place um, as long as the families are trustworthy and mm-hmm. you know like-minded. Right. That's a really safe place for kids who have challenges in life to feel safe, to feel loved, to feel mm-hmm. respected, and also just to have fun. Right. Yeah. Sometimes our special kids, just their life is so discouraging mm-hmm. and they just are miserable. But if they can go play a fun ball game in a local gymnasium with some friends from the homeschool group who love them no matter what, um, I think that's a really important thing to do. And maybe you don't have a homeschool group, but is there a neighborhood group or church or something that Mm -hmm. kids can just literally have fun, you know, like kick the can or um, Mm -hmm. tug of war or whatever. I mean, Mm -hmm. Are yeah. You still there, I I lost you. Oh, you did? Oh, nope. I'm still here. Okay. Um, yep. I'll keep talking and okay. see if I can find you on my screen. Yep. No, nope. uh, I can see you. So, yeah. Okay. Good. We're good. good. <laughs> All right. So anyway, I just think that again, that's that community support that's super important, and um, it's important for us as parents, but it's really important for our kids. You um had the um opportunity to meet my good friend um who worked your booth at the conference yeah ginger (laughs) yeah and um her uh daughter was in the same uh support group as my kid and she had issues and my kids had issues but somehow we were just able to um you know, just let the kids have fun together. Mm -hmm. And sometimes hers would have a meltdown. Sometimes mine would. I I recall (laughs) having to lead a meeting 
with one of my children sitting right next to me the whole time because she was not allowed to go anywhere. <laughs> um, and yet everybody in the group just kind of understood that it mm. was okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a very supportive, loving community, and we just hope that more homeschooling communities are can be like that. It's it's hard to understand disabilities, especially when they're invisible disabilities. Um, right. But the more we talk about it and share, and are willing to be open and with the community, the the more that um, hopefully they would be willing to embrace and work with us. And yeah, I know we've done many broadcasts on that. So um, if you're having a hard time, definitely look at some of those resources out there. Um, but, but yes, that those people end up becoming your, your best friends <laughs> for life, yeah. just like you yeah. and Ginger, because yeah. I've got a friend like that too. When Minnesota, we, we did more of a pod type of um, environment because our kids, no co-op ever worked for us and that sometimes happens but yeah. but still you need community you need to create that community you need to seek and find out those people and pray for them because god wants to provide them into your life and yep in whatever way they can leilani says hi from um, facebook saying i love this topic <laughs> so <laughs> thanks for joining us we appreciate that um yeah, so lots of curveballs just with starting homeschooling, navigating, and then adding in adopted children, which I know my family has 10 adopted. Um, I have a 10 adopted siblings, and, um, and that, that, that you just never know <laughs> what's going to come out next because they, they bring so much trauma and other things with them, even when they are young. And um, that does affect the, the homeschooling dynamics, life dynamics, all of that. So, so bless you for all that you have done for those, those children. Um, they are very, um, very lucky to call you mom. <laughs> so, you know, as a dedicated homeschooling family, and you've talked about this, your, your husband was really involved in, you know, supporting you, helping you teach. Um, can you talk a little bit about the experience um, with his death and then just navigating the healing and transition for your family while you were home educating still? Right. Well, yes, I can talk about that. And, um, you know, it's so important, and if there's any dads listening to this, it's so important that dads are really engaged with their kids. You know, we have mm -hmm. a fatherless nation right now yeah. with all kinds of horrible things happening because people have grown out without an involved dad who cared about them. Mm. And maybe he loved them, but he was either unable or chose not to give them the attention and upbringing that I think God really had planned when mm. he um, created the idea of marriage and Adam and Eve. Mm -hmm. um, and so That's my okay. husband was all gung ho about homeschooling. Mm. And he, uh, the three weeks before he died, he said to me, do you think we're supposed to adopt more kids? I just feel like we should have more kids. And I'm mm. like, no. I don't <laughs> <think> that. <laughs> he, you, he loved, he loved his kids and oh. he loved spending time with them. And he was a 
uh, a polymath, a Mensa level genius, an architect, a cowboy, and a farmer were his three job descriptions. <laughs> was the world's greatest dad because everything mm. he did, he wanted one of us to do it with him. You know, that's Whether awesome. It was riding horses or going to town to get ice cream or whatever. Mm -hmm. you know, right. He, loved, he loved being with his family. Mm. And so, um, my kids just loved any time they got to go either as a whole group and go with him or mm -hmm. one of them would get to go on a special thing with him. And um, he was just so fun. And he was mm -hmm. an excellent, excellent college instructor. And um, <laughs> his annual reviews were just like, he's the best teacher ever. And he was <laughs> because he just made it a relationship. So mm. Jesus and the disciples had a relationship and that's right. why that model works and mm -hmm. that model works in our homeschool. So yeah, of course, so as my mm -hmm. kids grew up, their dad became their best friend. Yeah. Which is awesome. <laughs> but not when God decides, okay, he's mm. done. I'm bringing him home. And so he right. died in his sleep of a heart attack at the age of 62 Wow. Absolutely unexpected. He did not fit the profile for anybody mm. who had heart disease. And he just had a great week. It had been his birthday week. And um, mm. thankfully, the day before he died, he'd taken all of my kids to Waterworld for his birthday. Wow. And I stayed home because I didn't feel good. And <laughs> so they had this monumental day of just doing with him what he did best, you know, mm. which is like the coach and the mentor and the friend, yeah. and, you know, it was just wonderful. And so then the devastation just, wow, hit us like a train mm. wreck. And um, by this time, my oldest was in his early thirties and I had probably four or five homeschool graduates at that time. Okay. And so then five minor children. Mm. Um, mm -hmm. And so uh, it, you know, it was a huge curveball, and mm. I'm, I love baseball. I can actually hit a home run in baseball. I want you to know. Wow, <laughs> we gotta discuss that later. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so this was a curveball we didn't see, but God mm. did, and He knew mm. us coming, and He set us up perfectly. Mm. And I'm so grateful we were homeschooling because mm. we just could slow down. Right. And all of my friends, you know, rallied around us with food and whatever we needed. I mean, it was just so mm -hmm. great to live in that community that we talked about. We right. had yeah. help when the devastation occurred. And, of course, a wonderful church and the people at Czech all helped us. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'd like to say we were over it in a year or two, but we weren't. It was just, you know, it still mm -hmm. is hard. The holidays yeah. are still hard. Mm. But what we were able to do is we just slowed down and we concentrated on reading, writing, and arithmetic. And mm. we had farm animals, which were a great solace to everybody. Yeah. And we loved, we have tons of movies. We watched all the classic musicals of Fiddler mm. on the Moon, you know, all those. And we were just together. And That's, because... Yeah. Um, we, we had money and savings and so I didn't have to go back to work right away and I could just be with my kids and the older mm. kids needed to do stuff with me and talk and right. the younger kids just acted out and they were horrible. A couple more horrible. We mm. had encounters with police and other things, but again, mm. our community was just 
they loved us and they were helpful to us. Right. And we got through that season by just doing what we knew best, which was to be together mm-hmm. and make learning an adventure and a lifestyle. Yeah. And so um, my one son said it was it was so funny. He said a year after dad died, we finally got back to using actual plates and real food from scratch. (laughs) 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 Chicken and paper plate. But we just were on survival mode. Mm -hmm. And um, thankfully, my wonderful parents had raised a very... um, determined young lady and Mm. I just you know was going to get up every morning and just keep going yeah and I there was a couple things I did I I took a couple of trips by myself I just had to get Mm. away Mm -hmm. and then uh, I did start writing I wrote my first book because I wanted the kids to all remember all the things they've done with their dad, but also then know about our grandparents. And Mm -hmm. so I wrote this five generation family memoir and that was my coping, Mm. but it also was really good for the kids because they learned about people in our family that they'd never really heard about or known about. And um, I was able to tell them that there were a number of widows in our uh, lineage who had Mm. to raise children in way worse circumstances. Hmm. So anyway, um, it was really hard, um, but Hmm. I I survived and God allowed me to now thrive. Hmm. You know, I, I don't know what I would have done if I hadn't trusted in him. I mean, I just, I just don't even know how we mm-hmm. did it. And there's the summer after my husband died, I just don't remember any details except yeah. the kids did go ahead and show some of their animals at the fair. And I went to the Florida Keys in August and met one of my daughters there. And that's the only thing I remember for the entire year until mm. then we had Christmas. So um, what I really got out of it was I learned about the trauma that my traumatized kids had. Because oh, then wow. I never thought about five. that. Yes. And mm-hmm. I understood about freeze and flight and fight mm-hmm. because I want to do all those things. Right. Yeah. And so, again, the thing about homeschooling is the parent learns so much mm-hmm. while they're helping the children learn. And that was yes. a season of us all learning about death. I mean, who mm-hmm. wants to talk about death? Right. Yeah. No, we we don't have that in our curriculum usually. (laughs) No, no. And, you know, we've seen death on the farm with our livestock, but not the person that we care about more than anything. Right. So um, anyway, that was a huge curveball, but somehow the Lord caused us to win the World Series and we survived. Mm. Uh, So I don't remember what the rest of the question was, but... (laughs) Well, I, I just wanted, you know, to point out what you were talking about, that togetherness, you know, yeah. and a lot of times we can stress, I'm not doing enough. I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm not pulling the books out. I'm sure you didn't. Yeah. Um, you were just in survival mode, like you said, but that togetherness that teaches things and how to press through circumstances that we don't expect that, um, that come at us out of nowhere, that is a life skill that you just have to to teach in the moment and yes. and you 
did that. Um, and your kids all learned through that experience. It wasn't that they weren't learning, just like you were talking about at the very beginning, you know, they were learning all the time. And just that, that whole mentality that, you know, you've had throughout your homeschooling life, it just continued because you you had set that pattern, that pace, um, no matter what comes our way. So, so yes, yeah, that, that that's was... exactly right. And um, as long as we're together, we can do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And so I'm assuming, you know, you're still healing, you're still transitioning, and you just moved <laughs> to a new place. And um, we were talking ahead of time before the broadcast just on you know, decorating a new home with things that you haven't seen or didn't even know existed and memories, reminders. Um, and it's still, it's still teaching your kids too, as, as they see those things, like you said, your son made a comment about just, um, some things that you had done in decorating the house. Um, and, and yeah, now having adult children, um, I didn't add this in our comments, but you know, those, those, those teaching moments don't stop, do they? <laughs> <laughs> and the prayer increases. Oh yes, yes, so, yeah. I'm I'm living that one too. <laughs> yeah, so true. Yep. So you you do what you can in the in the moment, and when we we homeschool, and um, and God still has a continued work for us because we're moms. We're moms through our entire lives, through the entire lives of our kids, and that is our. Our, our calling above all their callings other than being a child of God. So, yeah. Yeah, and I think it's really important to remember that God loves our kids even more than we do, and he mm -hmm. has a plan for them. He created them the way they came out into the earth, were born. Yes. Exactly the way he wanted them to be. Mm. And so we have to look to him as the master teacher to yeah. un undo the onion or solve the puzzle of them or whatever it is, because yeah. who knows? He knows mm -hmm. everything about them, every hair on their head, every cell. Um, and he's omnipotent. He's mm -hmm. omniscient. Right. And he, he sees it through all time in yeah. his miraculous, undescribable way. Mm. And so when we feel like for, as failures, because we are, I mean, we <laughs> right, are, exactly. <laughs> are not perfect. And, uh, you know, even if you're a mental level genius, you still have sin that you have to work mm -hmm. on. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, but somehow, if we trust him, and we point our kids to him, mm -hmm. he makes it into this miracle thing that we could never expect. Yeah. When we start at day one, it's a good thing we don't know what's coming. <laughs> oh, yes, yeah, so true. Yeah. Yes. But when you get to my age and you start looking back, you think, oh, God planned that perfectly, you know? Right, so. exactly. Yeah, so true. Yeah, Rob had said, I mean, we had started talking about dads so needed in the homeschooling arena. And um, you were so blessed to have a husband that was right next to your side and believed in it so much. I just want to encourage those of you 
out there that don't have a spouse that is supportive. Be praying for them. Pray that God would change their heart, that would give them a a way to see um, into the importance of their role as a father as well as um, your your helper. Um, My husband struggled for a long time with that, and I just kept praying for him. (laughs) And he's a great dad. It's just the homeschooling part just never um, really clicked until we hit the the older years. Then he was like, oh, I I can handle this. I think he just felt just very scared. to take on a lot of that and so they do they're they're fearful just like we are and um, to be able to to handle that as a couple the, the best way you can so right. and if you're a single parent you know I I totally understand at least part of your burden because it is mm-hmm. hard to be the person who is the parent the disciplinarian the mm-hmm. provider the scheduler the homeschool teacher the everything the bill right. Yeah, it is so overwhelming. I mean, it's a per- two-person job that one person is now doing. Right. And I, at this point in my life, I'm not interested in finding a husband. I'm quite happy with the one I had. Thank you very much. <laughs> and so I decided that I had to just keep going myself as a yeah. single parent, and it it can be done. And your mm-hmm. kids can still turn out great. And yes. Uh, but it, it is it is just difficult. And so, mm-hmm. you know, rely on the Lord and mm-hmm. make your needs be known to your inner circle. And I hope you have yes, a that you so go true. to because I know the churches that I've gone to, the deacons and the elders and mm-hmm. the pastors have been so helpful to me and so understanding. And mm. what can what can we pray for you? What can we you know, what do you need help with financially? Right. What, uh-huh. you know, um, and they didn't just immediately say, put your kids in public school because you can't do this, you know, yeah, and so you yeah. have to be in some, you have to have some sort of support, whether it's mm-hmm. family or that community we talked about or the church or all three if possible. Yes. Yes. That is so true. And, and just being transparent about your needs. And I mean, God allows us to have needs so others can give to that. They want to, they just need to know what you need and, and then to just be able to share. Um, So Sherry, you have a lot of experience, 28 years of homeschooling. What are your three most important things that you recommend parents teach their children and why? That's a good question. Um, you know, you can teach them the whole set of encyclopedias, but <laughs> yes. Uh, first of all, I just think you need, if you're a Christian, you need to teach them your Christian faith. You need to pass mm-hmm. on that. Yeah. I mean, that's the only reason I'm alive and living and not an alcoholic or whatever, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Because I know the Lord. Right. And I, I fell away in my college and young adult years, but I came back and I think a lot Mm -hmm. of our kids that might happen to it. But if you point them to Christ, then they have hope and joy and peace on this earth, but they also have the hope and promise of eternal life in heaven with the Lord. And having experienced death three times in our immediate family, that's really important to me and my kids that we know where those people are and we're going to see them. Mm-hmm. So, so Christian true. faith, number one. Number two is I think you need to teach them character. Mm-hmm. They need to 
to be loving. They need to be humble. They need to be responsible. Mm-hmm. They need to have self-governance. Yeah. And I don't care how advanced your child is or how delayed they are. Mm-hmm. That is the hardest thing that they learn yeah. self-governance. But mm-hmm. if they do that, then right. by the time they're 18, 19, 20, 40, they're financially responsible. They're taking care of themselves. They're taking care of their family. If they have one, they're exactly in their workplace. This mm-hmm. is just so important. And the character is not anything really being taught that much in institutional school. And we can see the fallout. It's, of that it's anti-character, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So mm-hmm. the, you know, the, the 10 commandments and of character for sure. Mm-hmm. And then the third thing is, if you can teach your kids the three R's of reading, writing, and arithmetic, they then can learn anything. Yes. So um, I do think it's important to be a reader and be well read. Mm. Um, I have a son, a number of my kids did not learn really to read until later elementary and even mm. middle school. Yep. And my one son mm-hmm. um, who had the speech issues did not learn to read till about he was 17. Yeah, but I now, have one really close to that. Yep. Yeah, he's not ever one to pick up a book and read it, mm-hmm. but he does read on online articles that I send him and he mm-hmm. is, you know, he is literate and yep. he, he reads what he can, but he is very advanced in many other things. Mm-hmm. And then if you can learn writing, it's really important to be able to write, to organize your thoughts, to write mm-hmm. to other people, to right. write documents. Exactly. Or able to read documents that other people mm-hmm. have written. That's important for legal purposes. Right. Yep. And then mm-hmm. to know basic arithmetic so that you can do daily things that are needed mm-hmm. for adulting. Having yeah. a budget, you know, balancing your checkbook. Um, exactly. If you have extra money, you put in investments, calculate mm-hmm. your life. If you come, if your kids, no matter what level of IQ they have, if they can mm-hmm. learn to do those things, which I firmly believe they can, mm-hmm. um, then they'll soar in whatever right. else they are interested in learning. Mm-hmm. That's that's good. Yeah. God, character, and the basics. Yeah. yeah. And you can learn the rest, like you said. It's yeah. yeah it's yeah. all the other facts that. Um, that, that are accessible by the touch of a button, but can we discern them? Can do we know what our values are and what should drive our life before yes. we allow all those facts to get to come in and and muddle a lot of things up? <laughs> so, so awesome! I I love that list. <laughs> so, um, so you are an author. And I'd love for you to talk a little bit about your website and your resources and all of that so our viewers know how to find you. Sure. Um, so I have a website, easy to find. It's just sherrymcmin.com. My name is spelled like Sherry Lewis that had lamb chop the puppet. So it's S-H-A-R-I. Mm-hmm. And I got McMinn from my good Scottish husband. <laughs> Um, but I like to keep my name Howard in there. So when mm. I apply to speak or do other things, I include my name, Sherry Howard McMinn. 
And uh, my website has a, just kind of who I am. And um, mm -hmm. I also, people ask me to speak at different things. So I stream to my website, they can see. And it's not always updated, but the book section should be updated. Um, and I have four books that I have published and they're all uh, have a Christian foundation and they are what I would call a self-help genre. Hmm. So mm -hmm. um, the family legacy of faith, the reason I wrote Stretch Yet Unbroken is I want people to understand that it's a blessing to have an extended Christian family. It's what blessed mm -hmm. me and kept me going when things, when those curveballs were flying right and left. Right. And then I, my second book I wrote um, is on adoption and it's the adoption mm. book that nobody else has the guts to write. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> it, uh, it is 450 pages long. It is wow. because it has 70 some chapters that are all on a specific topic. Okay. And um, the very first chapter is what the church should do about adoption because they're not. Mm, yeah. <laughs> and now that we are post uh, Roe v. Wade, mm -hmm. we Christians really need to walk the talk. And mm -hmm. um, I hope that more people will consider adoption. It will change your life. And it is mm -hmm. a huge sacrifice, but it is a tremendous blessing. Uh, yeah. Peggy, you met my youngest daughter. Madison, I did. Yeah. She is just a joy. I mm. mean, I am just so blessed to be her mother. And mm. she was the one when my husband said, oh, aren't the three of them so cute? And I said, yeah, but she like has no hair. I don't know if I could love her. <laughs> and taught me I could love her. So the, the book is written, the adoption book is written to couples who are considering mm -hmm. or have adopted or are in the thick of adoption. Um, and it at the back of it, it has uh, 70 some creative dates that you can take hmm. with items bought at the dollar store because once you adopt kids, you can never leave home for a date. Right, Just, exactly, yes. And so how can you have a funny romantic date at home? Well, mm -hmm. I... I came oh, up that's awesome. And my publisher, uh, they only asked two. They said, well, this is probably a little risque for it. <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> anyway, but it's really fun. So you can read it from beginning to end, and mm -hmm. it'll take you about 18 months, which uh, if you do one chapter a week, mm -hmm. which is how long it takes from the beginning idea of, I think we want to adopt, to doing the case study and getting the placement and everything. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and so you can start from the beginning or mm -hmm. you can jump right to the chapter. Like you have a 14 year old who's a chronic bedwetter. What do mm -hmm. you do? Yep. And, you know, we have a good cop, bad cop relationship in, in our family. I'm just saying a, a reader might, uh -huh. um, where one parent always is perfect and one parent always has to do the punishing and discipline. How do you, you know, get around that? So mm -hmm. super practical where the rubber awesome. chapters That's and so people necessary. that read it said, mm -hmm. this is the best book on adoption ever. And it mm -hmm. is It's really good. Um, <laughs> and then um, my third book I wrote, um, it's called make a meal, share a meal. Hmm. And one of the things that we didn't discuss because it's a whole podcast in itself is one <laughs> of my adopted children was killed in a homicide. 
Mm. And we had to spend two years going through the court hearings for that. It was very difficult. And I thought, mm. you know what? I got to write something, uh, mm. to, you know. And so I decided to write a cookbook. <laughs> and it's a great cookbook. And it's for either big families who need like, okay, our family takes two casserole pans to feed dinner. Mm -hmm. It's for a small family that wants to make double and they'll take something over to somebody in their neighborhood. That's awesome. Yeah. Because God does want us to share and he wants us to practice hospitality. And my my, um, daughter that was, killed that uh the cookbook is a tribute to she was a foodie loved but she loved to share food Hmm. and one time she went to be a counselor at a camp up in the mountains and as she was leaving uh, somebody was giving her a ride back down to our house Hmm. she saw the kitchen staff was throwing away casseroles of you know pans of food Mm -hmm. she's like why are you doing that well our insurance won't let them she said, well, I'll take them. And so she <laughs> came home with like six humongous pans of burritos. And I, and I said, oh, wow. and so what do you think we should do? She said, well, we should cut this up into individual amounts and we should take it to our friend who's the single mom mm. and our friend who's the foster mom and the friend of ours at church who I know they just don't get enough to eat. Hmm. And isn't that just wonderful? Wow. She just had the joy of the Lord and a yeah. wonderful heart. But the great thing about the cookbook is it's super easy. Everything's really fun, inexpensive, yeah. but there's all kinds of great farm animal photographs. So baby oh, cool. yeah. and turkey <laughs> and baby calves. So it's it's worth it the picture book. Just yes. <laughs> yeah. And then the last book I wrote is called um Death, where is thy sting? And it's about mm. preparing for your own or recovery from the loss of a loved one. Mm. And people say it's a grief guidebook. And so if mm. anybody um, has has had someone die, especially during COVID, or mm. maybe there's mm. somebody that's ill or they have an ill child or whatever, I really recommend you read it because, first of all, I try to be transparent but also witty when I write mm-hmm. I write about hard things and mm-hmm. so I tell people just cry along with my story while you read this oh. I have guest authors um, that also wrote chapters um, one uh, friend of mine her husband uh, mm-hmm. committed suicide they had 11 oh. kids and another one had multiple 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 miscarriages Mm. and then a friend of mine is a sheriff and he talked about when death is an emergency Mm. it's just a really interesting good book and it can be used as a book study or for yourself Mm -hmm. or with the group but all of it has a biblical foundation so it points you Mm. to the lord you know what does god say about this right and so it prepares you for Mm -hmm your final days or the final day of your loved one, or if you have lost someone. Yeah. And then Mm. uh, that's my fourth book. So the fifth book, then uh, I have two more books outlined, Fly High Butterfly, which is a devotional for young ladies Hmm. and uh, Turn Left Past the Weeds, which is a small family farm book uh, that Hmm. my son and I are going to write together. But what I'm working on now is called raising a diverse family in a toxic culture Mm. and it's one mom's response to anti-god anti-family um Mm. 
And so I'm working on that and I hope I'll have that ready by my 65th birthday, which is February 1st. Oh, wow. I I always give myself a writing deadline. That's a good thing. Yes. Yeah, so, and you can find all those on SherryMcMinn.com. And again, like Sherry said, it's S-H-A-R-I-M-C-M-I-N-N.com. Well, thank you so much, Sherry. This has been just a beautiful conversation and full of so much wisdom and wit. <laughs> um, I, I just appreciate you and um, how transparent you are um, with your story and just all that God has taught you um, through that. And what a blessing to be able to share your family with us for this hour. Thank you so much. You bet. It's been my pleasure. And uh, I uh, hope that things that I've been through can help other people. That's the main thing. You know, you don't want your life to go to waste. So if I can help you, I'm happy to do it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So Julie kind of gave a good summary. She said, God, character, the basics. Love it. Love this Sherry lady. (laughs) So you got some new fans. (laughs) And and the other thing is I want people to always feel like they can email me. You know, Mm -hmm. um, I know how hard it is. You have issues with your kids or you're discouraged and I am, I just want to be a resource for people. You can connect awesome. through my website, just email me. And what's said on email stays on email. And uh, I'm just happy to oh. speak blessing and encouragement mm-hmm. into your life. I thank you for doing that. That is such a, a blessing, I'm sure, to so many that may reach out to you. Um, it, it's hard. It's hard being alone, and I know sometimes it takes a while to develop that community like we were talking about earlier and just having somebody on the other side of even an email or a phone call. Um, it, it makes a difference just to kind of help us press through. So thank you for being available. Um, yeah, and thank you all of you for joining us. I have seen you popping on and off, and I know this is around your lunch hours, so um, we, we appreciate you, too, for, for joining us every week and um, making us part of your, your schedule as well as just your learning curriculum on, on how to homeschool. And I know it's summer, so um, that's why we try to, to keep our our discussions to more stories and um, experience. Um, I'm actually doing two broadcasts this week because I didn't do one last week. I was at a a Johnny and Friends retreat last week and um, had to move this this broadcast off. So on Thursday, same time, we're going to be doing a parent panel on finding your inner teacher when your child struggles. And so um, our partners at Iconics have pulled together a bunch of their teachers who are all homeschoolers. And so you're going to hear from all of them on just what their homeschool journeys were like, what what they've learned. Um, you know, again, we're sharing our stories. So you'll want to be part of that discussion in a couple days. And um, and then we'll continue this throughout throughout the month. And also we have blogs on our website where parents um, from our community, I actually approached a lot of people in our support group on Facebook and said, what do you think about sharing um, some of those moms on there that have some really good responses? We, we got blogs from them. So you'll, you'll want to check out our website and read some of the advice that they had to share as well. So those come out, the new ones come out on Wednesdays. So you'll see a new one tomorrow, but last week's is, is already up. So um, 
So yeah, lots lots coming out, just encouragement for you and um and hopefully some some new advice, wisdom to um to get you ready for the next year. <laughs> and um we're just here to help. So thanks again, Sherry. I appreciate you and um your time and I'm glad the internet stayed on. <laughs> Sherry dropped at the beginning, so we weren't sure how this was going to go, but God held it together and, and she made it through. So, so thank you all. God bless. And we'll see you on Thursday. We'll see you then. Bye. Thanks. Has fear stolen your peace? I'm Jennifer Slattery, lead host of the Faith Over Fear podcast, helping you fight your fears and grow your faith. Subscribe at lifeaudio.com.